Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. It's Monday, July 1st, 2019, and today we are continuing our study on the book of Acts, and we will be joined by Blake Wilson, our Vice President of Operations, as he leads us through Acts chapter 21, verses 26 through 36. Thanks for the opportunity to come back and teach Acts chapter 21. Today we're going to be rounding out Acts 21, looking at verses 27 through 40. If you guys remember from last week's Bible study, we were talking about Paul's journey to Jerusalem and how his um, his friends and, and fellow believers were just discouraging him from going on this journey to Jerusalem. And, and we know Paul um, continued to move forward because he knew this is what the Lord had called him to do. But he had the Christians at Tyre, the Christians at Caesarea, he even had Luke himself just discouraging him from going. And Paul... Um, held fast to what the Lord had called him to do. And he finally makes it to Jerusalem. And this is where we start our text today in in Acts um, 21, verse 27. But ultimately, we can see that Paul is arrested um, in this passage. And just to set the stage, as a reminder, this is the season of Pentecost. So this is a feast. There are thousands of people in town. Um, It is just a madhouse. There are people everywhere. So keep this in mind when you um, hear the the scriptures that we're going to read today, just to kind of set the scene of what is happening of just crowded streets, a lot of people, and then this this riot breaks out as Paul is arrested. So Acts twenty one twenty seven says, When the seven days were almost completed, the Jews from Asia seeing him in the temple, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people of the law and this place. Moreover, he even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen him with Trophimus, the Ephesian, with him in the city, and they supposed that Paul had brought him into the temple. Then all the city was stirred up, and the people ran together. They seized Paul, and they dragged him out of the temple, and at once the gates were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him, word came to the tribune of the cohort of all of Jerusalem that it was in confusion. He at once took the soldiers and the centurions, and they ran down to them. And when they saw the tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains. He inquired who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowds were shouting one thing and some another. And as he could not learn the facts because of the uproar, he ordered him to be brought into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, he was actually carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd. For the mob of the people followed, crying, Away with him! So in this first passage, you can see just the chaos that is ensuing. People everywhere, people shouting, um, physical violence, beating Paul. Um, But isn't it interesting, if you've been with us on this journey through the book of Acts, if you look back in Acts chapter 6 and 7, there's a very similar story um, about Stephen. And Stephen 
um, being persecuted, Stephen being beaten because of um, sharing the message of Christ. You know, in in Acts chapter 6 and even in verse um, 11, it talks about um, the mob secretly in, um, secretly asking people um, just to raise up false accusations against him. Um, verse number 12 says, And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him, and they seized him, and they brought him before the council. And they set up a false witness who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place of law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will charge or will change the customs that Moses delivered up delivered to us. So you can see a, a similar situation with the stoning of Stephen um, in this situation. But as Acts 7 says, there was a Paul was part of this journey, and I don't want us to I don't want us to forget because I think we can read through the book of Acts and forget about the transformation that happened in the life of Paul. Um, so if you if you look at Acts chapter 7, 7, toward the latter part of that, in verse 54, uh, it says, Now then, they heard these things, and they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. So this is, this is as Stephen um, is sharing the gospel. It says, They ground their teeth at him, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, and they saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and they stopped their ears, and they rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city, and they stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. The first thing that I want us to, to walk away with as we look at this passage today is that true transformation happens when we meet Jesus. True transformation happens when we meet Jesus. Think about who Saul was before. Saul was the one guarding the garments and the belongings of those who were stoning Stephen. He was so um, supportive of the persecution of Christians as we read the first part of Acts. He was guarding the belongings of those who were stoning another believer. And now look, as we're here in Acts chapter 21, you see the true transformation of Saul to Paul and the new man he became once he once he met Christ. I don't want us to, to forget the transformation that this man has undergone and that this true transformation happens only, only through Christ. So you can see this, this chaos that is happening in, in this passage of Scripture um, and, and that this, this crowd was enlarged, they were enraged, they were angry. Um, and then there were these accusations saying that, that he had brought Trophimus, this Ephesian, this Gentile, into um, this prohibited place into the temple. Um, you know, a, as you as you read and study about um, the courts of the temple, there were even signs talking about how these Gentiles were not able to in, to enter. Um, no, one of them said, no, no foreign foreigner may even enter um, within this barricade which surrounds the temple or, or this enclosure. Anyone who is caught um, trespassing will bear personal responsibility for his ensuing death. So just, I mean, it was posted, um, your life is at stake if you enter this, if you enter this temple. So you can, you can see how enraged this crowd was to say, Paul is bringing this, this Gentile into our holy place. They were just enraged. They were so angry that this was the case. So they, they took him 
and and they took him in their hands. They began to to beat him. And if you if you look back at the scripture, I don't want us to overlook that it says that they they put two chains on Paul, um, two chains. So as as they were beating him, um, the 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 uh, the leaders came down um, and they they chained him one um, one arm to one soldier and the, another arm to another soldier. Um, but last week, think about this prophecy of his friend Agabus. In Acts twenty one eleven, this just happened. Agabus just um, prophesied over over Paul, saying, "If you go, this is what's going to happen." He says in Acts twenty one eleven. And coming to us, he took Paul's belt, and he bound his feet and his hands and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, This is how the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when he heard this, the people there urged him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be imprisoned, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And since he would not be persuaded, we ceased and said, let the will of the Lord be done. Paul was warned over and over in Acts 21 to not go. And this specific prophecy from Agabus even took Paul's belt. He bound his hand, he bound his feet and said, this will happen to the man who wears his belt. So prophecy happened. In a few short verses later, we see this happen in the life of Paul as he is being beaten. So Paul asks to speak to the people as we continue looking in verse 37. He says, As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the tribune, May I say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Are you not the Egyptian, then, who recently stirred up the revolt and led out 4,000 men of the Assyrians out into the wilderness? But Paul replied, I'm a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to these people. And when he, when he had given them permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned with his hands to the people. And, there, and when they were there, a great hush. He addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers... And fathers, hear the defense that I'm about to speak before you. So Paul, Paul, surprised, um, Paul surprised the tribune by, um, by speaking Greek. They, they thought he was um, just an uneducated man. And as Paul in this moment begins to speak, he doesn't cry out for his life. He doesn't scream, help, help. He actually... Um, politely says, "Excuse me, can I can I say something? Can I have can I have a moment? Can I share something with you in Greek?" And it's you know it's almost as if the Tribune just got stopped in his tracks of oh who who is this man? He he speaks Greek. What have I what have I done? Who what is his true identity? Um, so Paul lets him know he's like I'm a Jew from Tarsus, um, and he identified himself to this to this Roman commander. Um, and it really put him in a completely different different standing. But this is what I don't want us to walk away. What what I want us to not miss is that he was begging to speak to the people. Now keep in mind he had just been beaten by a mob. The soldiers had to rescue him, lift him above the crowd to get him to the barracks. And when he finally gets the opportunity to speak to the tribune, he says, "Can I please <clears throat> speak to the people? I just want to talk to the people." 
at the core of Paul, he wanted to speak the gospel. That was at his heart. It, it, you know, and I can't help but say, put yourself in that situation after being beaten, after being um, carried it through the crowd. Would that be at the core of your heart? Would that be at the tip of your tongue? Would you lose sight of the gospel? Would you cower back? Would you be scared to, to speak up um, because your life was at risk? The second thing that I don't want us to miss today is that the when the Holy Spirit is present and more powerful than anything we can face, the Holy Spirit is present and more powerful than anything we may face. Sometimes we forget that Christ is in us, that the Spirit is in us, and that if the Spirit is in us, there is nothing we cannot face. So as Paul was in this situation. He just wanted to further the gospel. He was physically exhausted. He was worn out, but he had one thing in mind, and that was to share Christ. You know, I can't help but think of times when I've been physically exhausted, you know, and and trying to catch my breath, whatever it may be, and trying to find the words in that moment um, to, to want to share the gospel and to be purpose, purposeful in the gospel is really hard for me to understand. I remember being um, on a on a trip um, in South America and being in the mountains, and the air was thin, and just wanted had one thing on my mind, and that was just to not die. Um, I remember the air being so thin and the hike being so hard that um, I just needed to take a break. I just needed to to catch my breath and just survive. Um, and it was hard for me to articulate anything. And you've got a guy here who has just been beaten um, because of his faith. He's now in chains and he's saying, begging, please let me speak. Please let me speak. I just want to share the gospel. The gospel was at the core of who Paul was. And he was just looking for the opportunity um, to share it. And in that moment, you know, he stood on the stairs and he motioned with his hand to the people. And there was a great silence you know, I just think that that's a, a dramatic moment, almost kind of from a, a scene from a movie. Just this hush falls over the thousands of people as Paul sticks his hand up and he begins to speak to them in their native tongue of Hebrew to where they can understand um, understand what he's doing. So Paul had been on this journey to Jerusalem, prophesied over saying, don't go, this is going to happen. He gets to the city, the abuse happens, the persecution happens, and now he's standing in this moment of being able to finally address the crowd and to share Christ um, with these thousands and thousands of people. And we're going to get into that next week um, to, to hear what Paul actually preaches and what message he, what message he shares. But as we close today, I just want, to, I want us to, to look at the comparisons of this, this passage of Scripture um, with Paul and then that of our Savior Jesus Christ and the similarities between the two of Acts 20 and 21 um, and then through the life of Jesus as, as he spends his last days here on this earth. Like Jesus, Paul traveled to Jerusalem with a group of disciples. Like Jesus, Paul had opposition from hostile Jews who plotted against his life. Like Jesus, Paul made or received three successive predictions of his coming sufferings in Jerusalem, including being handed over to the Gentiles. Like Jesus, 
Paul had followers who tried to discourage him from going to Jerusalem. Like Jesus, Paul declared his readiness to lay down his life. Like Jesus, Paul was determined to complete his ministry and not to be deflected from it. Like Jesus, Paul expressed his, abandon, his abandonment to the will of God. Like Jesus, Paul was unjustly arrested on the basis of a false accusation. Like Jesus, Paul alone was arrested, but none of his companions were. Like Jesus, Paul heard the mob crying out, Away with him! And like Jesus, the Roman officer handing, handling Paul's case did not know his true identity. So Paul um, had all of these similarities with, with Christ, but look how the Lord has transformed this man who was once a, once a uh, murderer, a persecutor of Christians, to now um, following his example, um, ultimately to death, and it's a true sign of transformation. So the last thing I want us to point out uh, today and, and to walk away with is, is that we must trust Christ in all things. We must trust Christ in all things. You know, there may be a season where we are facing a temptation in the wilderness. There may be a time in our lives where um, people bring something to us that only God can meet. Um, there may be times where we just have to sit and mercy in the storm. Um, or there may be times where we just cry out to God as in the Garden of Gethsemane. Um, and then there lastly could just be times when we just have to lay down, lay down our lives before God and just wait on Him to raise us up again. But in all seasons, we must trust God in all things. So as you, as you serve this week, I want to encourage you um, to trust God in all things. Though you may not understand what is before you, um, may you truly lay down your life before Him and trust Him this week. Well, thanks for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. This week, we are praying for the country of China. We are praying for our in-country team that the Spirit would soften their hearts to the gospel. We are praying for continued favor with the central authority, the CCCWA, and new opportunities to manifest the gospel. We're praying for the approval of future hosting kids camps uh, that we hope will happen this fall. We're praying for the approval for delegations to visit Lifeline and for us to clearly communicate the gospel during their visit. We're praying specifically for the children currently living in the orphanages and foster homes throughout the country of China. And we're praying for families waiting for young children with minor needs would be open to the children that are readily available with more serious needs or, or maybe that are older. We're praising God for the positive movements for families who have been waiting for a long time. We pray that local believers would have opportunities to share the gospel with children and vulnerable families. And we praise God for the China team who loves and serves their families so well. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to continue to work in the country of China. We thank you for just the things that you are doing in our midst in this country. We pray that you would soften uh, the hearts of the people of China to your gospel. We pray that churches would be strengthened, that in-country believers would be strengthened to make your gospel and to bear your gospel out to vulnerable children and vulnerable families. And Lord, we just ask that you would strengthen the church in China, for, that they would be able to stand up against the persecution, that they'd be able 
people to stand up against the onslaught of their faith and that they would uh, just rise up victoriously. Lord, we pray for more families, more missional-minded families to adopt the children of China. And we ask that you would give favor to our team as we look at these camps and these delegations that will be visiting, Lord willing, uh, in the in the fall. And Lord, we just ask that you would give us wisdom each and every day as we look to serve the children, the people of China for the glory of your great name. And it's in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.